Welcome to the breakdown, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm joined today once again by Ben Geary. I'm Mark Riley, and we have many things to discuss. Uh, well, where to start? Um, where to one... begin? Ah, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, <sighs> maybe Ireland's unbelievable performance against the All Blacks. Can we start there. Yeah, ben? I heard about that. All right, yeah, that that. Wasn't uh, bad. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't bad. bad. <laughs> um, yeah, like God. Yeah, again, where to begin with that? Like. Um, I believe our predictions were wrong anyway. Thank God. Yes, yes, they were. Yeah. Oh, I've never, I've never been happier to be wrong in my life. Ever. Yeah, I was, I was delighted too. Um, I, I, I gotta say, I didn't, I didn't see a win coming. I didn't no. think that they were quite there yet. I don't think Farrell had really. I don't think he had. How would you say? Molded the team quite into what he he wanted to mold it in yet. I didn't think it was a finished product. Um, but even after the, the post-game interviews and stuff with Andy Farrell in particular, uh, like I think he is, his expectations are higher again, you know, which is yep. good to hear. But um, yep. but yeah, what what are your thoughts? What did you think about it? I, I honestly, and I, I'm like, I think it was the best performance I've ever seen from an Irish side. I think I so do, yeah. It's a good argument for that. Well, I mean, I've never, the first that like, so we, we went into the break at obviously 10-5. And I've never in my life been like, usually if you go into the break against New Zealand at 10-5, you would take that with both hands. You'd be like, that's fine. I think yeah. everyone was kind of like, what's going on here? We should be we should be ahead. And we absolutely dominated the first half. It was just, I'm not, I'm not even going to say it was a lack of like, it was, we were missing to be clinical. It was just more, I don't know, it was just uh, tiny errors, but we were there, thereabouts. And I saw yeah. what kind of blew me away was, I saw several New Zealand players just before halftime blowing out their lungs. And I was like, yeah. whoa. I was like, this, yeah. is, this is kind of crazy. I've never seen this. And it was just sheer domination from start to finish. It was absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, we did call, overall, we obviously got the score on. So we called, obviously, I think I was plus 15. You were plus 10 to New Zealand. Yeah. Um, which, obviously, we were wrong. Delighted to be wrong, by the way. But I think we were we were... We were on the money with a few things, so I thought the lineout was as we were talking about last week. I think that was again. I, I, I can we can all see the improvements. Yeah. Um, and I think there were certain there was moments in the game where we got proved very right and severely wrong. So again, when we were talking about James Lowe last week defensively, yeah. <laughs> Corsi, it's just it's it's poetry in motion that he had to make that tackle. Yeah, that was literally a game-winning tackle, more or less. Exactly. That rap tackle that everyone was just like, wow, <laughs> this, this could be our day. That oh, was just yeah. such an important moment in the game. And it was just, I was just phenomenal from from start to finish. I was just actually blown away. And I have not been blown away by an Irish team in a long time. Yeah, and I think, yeah. like you said there, Andy Farrell's expectations, they kind of shone through as well. Like, like towards, like at the end of the game, I, I don't know if this is, look, I don't know if what if, if it's what the media want Irish players to say. I don't know if they feel they they're obliged to say it or they have to say it. But every single player was like, "No, this, we're not done here. This is the start of what we're trying to build." Joe, yes, that yeah. was that was the most impressive part because time and time again we've done this, not beating the All Blacks the way we have, but we've had good performances. And then leading up to a World Cup, we kind of fade away, we slip, and the mentality that tunnel vision just kind of disappears. Whereas yeah. I do feel Andy Farrell is putting a serious emphasis on. Look, lads, great win. Great win in a test match against a good side. This is a building block, however. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so too. Like I was doing a bit of research there. I literally ten minutes before we jumped on here, and yeah. um, like Andy Farrell had quite a, an extensive rugby league background. Um, yeah. So for anyone who's who's not certain, rugby league is a little bit different to rugby union. Uh, there's no breakdowns. There's only thirteen players instead of fifteen. Um, a few other kind of small similarities, but um, it's a big game in North England. But he was he he played a, a quite a physical role when he played rugby league um and it was it, the game itself particularly the time when he played it was 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 quite a physicality orientated game if you you know if you won the collisions chances are you were going to win the game and yeah. i think you did see a lot of that kind of the irish team were kind of soaking up that kind of mentality a little bit whether it was deliberate or not in his part but um yeah physicality was really seemed to be kind of at the center of that win um, like as you said, there was there was New Zealand players who were getting down on one knee, trying to catch their breath and stuff after fifty minutes, after thirty minutes even. Um, which, oh God, like what what can you attribute that to? Like, is it fitness? Is it physicality? Is it is it just overall setting the tempo of the game? Do you know, but there, um, there is that, there is that part to it as well. Is that I mean, okay, yeah, obviously you can't take anything away from Ireland's performance. You simply can't. It was amazing. But, Fatigue maybe is a factor for New Zealand. Yeah, I was wondering actually if we were going to bring that up because like they're after quite a grueling rugby championship campaign. Um, yeah. They've been they on the to, August, I believe. They've sure. been on the go since, yeah, more or less. Um, probably probably more September, but I'd say training probably started in August. Yeah. Um, and you, when you think that they're in a bubble, like even during the rugby championship, a lot of the games were played in Australia because that was just where they decided to, to due to COVID restrictions, it was easier to play a lot of the games in, in Australia um, and then come around to the other side of the world, deal with jet lag. It, it must be, it mustn't be a very pleasant um, camp to be in because like a lot of these guys haven't seen their families in, in weeks on end. Um, yeah. It was, it was a good time to play the All Blacks after, with that in mind, with all all that. Yeah, it's it's actually kind of tough to imagine, really, because like these so guys have been so living out of suitcases for so long. Um, exactly, and it's not even necessarily if you're if you're a young player in that squad, it's it's hard, but it's new to you in a sense, and you are you're willing to do this because you have to make your name in the yeah. squad. Right? You want to build your career as a New Zealand rugby player. Course, However, yeah. when you have the older kind of experienced heads in the camp, they've done this time and time and time yeah. again. And yeah. it does, it, it'll have a toll. It will have an effect on you. And I'm not, look, there's no excuses. Joe, they're the best team in the world and we beat them. But yeah, of course, there's factors that, you know, obviously play a role in the outcome. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think, like, I was, I was lucky enough to be at the game. Um, I wasn't. But... Yeah, I was, I was uh, so, uh, so disappointed, man. And like, uh, just seeing the whole crowd, even after, even afterwards, when I saw literally, I'd say a hundred to one hundred and fifty just different cutscenes of like yeah. grown men crying, and I was like, yeah, I, I just want to be there. Like, it was just such a such an emotional <laughs> day. Like, it was, uh, it was amazing. It was, like, yeah. You, tell us your experience. It was, it was like the atmosphere alone was. It was exhausting in many ways, but um, like even when certain parts of the game, different things would happen. You've got lots, lots of little commentators sitting around you and, and chirping into your ear. 
they mightn't be talking to you at all, but but you're sitting there listening to them, you know. And um, but I heard a few people kind of give in their two cents every so often uh, about different things. And then Bowden Barrett went off. And when Bowden Barrett went off, I kind of turned around to the lads behind me and I said, Bowden Barrett's gone off. And they looked at me like I had two heads. They just didn't really quite understand what I was talking yeah. about. But I think that was a big, like whatever about James Lowe's tackle, you know, not taking anything away from him. Um, like there was some massive turnovers. There was like even early on, uh, Kelleher's intercept on his own try line. Like for a hooker to do that is incredible. But yeah. I think the big, the big gift to Ireland in regards to the outcome was Bowden Barrett going off with the HIA because like losing a guy like that in a game as intense as that is, is, is a big deal. And I don't think a lot world, of people but... didn't really get what I meant, but I mean, yeah, no, 100%. I think like, I'm right. <laughs> How good a team you are, the best player in the world. If he drops out, you're gonna feel yeah, it. It's not like yeah. they're not superhuman. They're they're very very close, but they're know, close. They're yeah, to that. Um, right. So I suppose we'll jump into it. So if you, we'll talk about. Okay, so we'll start off with this: the standout players. Um, and it's kind of been that way for the whole kind of well, the, the two games so far in the Autumn Nation series. But again, of course, yeah. um, like Gibson Park. Out play out of his skin, absolutely unbelievable. Oh my god! Ah, what can we I, say about him? Ah, I, I, I like, and I hate, I hate to like, when someone shines so brightly, I hate to look at someone else and like talk about them because he deserves all the credit in the world, and rightly so that we talk about him. But I, yeah. I, I really would love to be in kind of Conor Murray's psyche now at the moment and just wonder what he's thinking because I, I Gibson Park keeps this up. It's yeah, yeah, he, he has to start nine. Like it's just he's been absolutely he's been irreplaceable. That's that's exactly what he's been asked to do, and he's done it. Yeah, like he he seems to be quite central to not only the tempo of the game, like the speed at which he can move the ball for oh. I think he was I think he was on the pitch for like 76 minutes or something. Um the, the fact that he can move the ball that quickly for that long is quite remarkable. Um, even like I rewatched the game as well yesterday and a lot of the set pieces like off scrums and lineouts and stuff, the first receiver isn't Jonathan Sexton, it's Gibson Park. Um, like whoever's number eight or number six or a back row or someone might take it off the back of a lineout or Kelleher at hooker, but the, who they throw it to, who the first receiver is, where usually the out half stands was, was Gibson Park. He, he bounced outside into that channel. So, um, that's really interesting in regard from a kind of analysis standpoint because when you have a guy, when you have a scrum half at the centre of it and a world player of the year standing behind him who's just kind of sitting out yeah. for the set piece, yeah. you know, it's 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 interesting. It kind of, it must be, it must have thrown off the All Blacks a little bit, but um, but yeah, he's incredible. Two try-saving tackles, well, not tackles anyway, he, he missed a tackle on Will Jordan just short of the line, but, you know, he missed the tackle, he... he he slowed him down enough to to disrupt the momentum, and uh, then getting to the ball before Severis, I think, was a Jordy Barrett who kicked it on, and Severis is a big, fast, strong guy. Absolutely to get to that ball before him, like, was was so much even. So, um, yeah, kudos to Gibson Park. I think ten out of ten performance, really. If I had to give yeah. him a number, but eleven out of ten, if it was possible, really, to be honest, <laughs> if it was possible, yeah, if we were allowed to do that. But um, yeah, I just think uh, absolutely. I just thought it was incredible, and all I thought the three New Zealanders were just 
ridiculous to be honest and i love i saw a quote um i think it was two days ago and uh, i thought it was absolutely brilliant now i can't quote it perfectly because one don't remember who it was <laughs> i just flash up but it was absolutely brilliant yeah. it was so some journalist was asked or in an article said that he was asked after the game um what he thought of the three new zealanders today and he goes didn't see any new zealanders playing in ireland he was like i only saw three <laughs> irish players who played their joke played their socks off i was yeah. like that is it was just perfectly put because the pride that they showed is that like james Lowe screaming like yeah, just absolutely yeah. like blowing his lungs out with every tackle with every yeah like positive thing that ireland came away with or did he was just absolutely loving it and it, they kind of it just embodied the performance throughout the day that they were just so up for, I, I like i've never in my life in the first 15 minutes of a game looked at a new zealand team and been like yeah i think i i think you're getting beat today like yeah and i looked beatable yeah yeah it was absolutely mad and they were flustered and because of ireland's pressure there was like so many unbelievable players were just making all like just not natural mistakes like uncharacteristic mistakes and it was just it was absolutely mad. like Kaelin Doris again to go back if we're talking we could literally go every man we could yeah. go one to 15 and plus and the bench yeah like Carberry coming off the bench like just the composure and like I know I've I've had my criticisms of Carberry but you can't criticize anything he did John's yeah. he, he was he was brilliant he came on to do a job and he did it he executed that absolutely perfect so yeah. I Under want a lot you- of pressure too absolutely but that's that's yeah. the thing it's it's whatever to make a kick if you're if you're training with monster down in ul it's you slap them over jump nine True, times yeah out of ten it's these pressurized situations against the best team in the world with a packed house <laughs> for sexton who's played out of his skin he's put you in a position to win go and do it and he did it so yeah yeah kudos to him kudos to everyone on the team it was absolutely amazing so i'm gonna actually ask you and it's gonna be tough okay Three of your best performances from the day. Best performances from the day, um, including New Zealand. No, no, no. no. Okay, because um, if if it was, I would have had to give a honourable mention to Will Jordan because I think he's, yeah, he's probably he's one of the best wingers in the world. But yeah. him aside, um, Gibson Park. To be honest, just because of how vital he is or how vital he's becoming to to the Irish attack, um. I think he's he's I don't know what comparison I can make I, I wouldn't call him the spine of it but he's he's probably the brains um ooh, who else only three uh <laughs> I know. I, it's tough it's I, tough I, I'm <laughs> gonna have to slip one in and see if you agree it has to be Caelan Doris Caelan Doris yeah of course like if you take his try mm-hmm. out of it I actually I'm copying oh. Brian O'Driscoll now because I heard him say this but if you take his try out of it like he had a good he made a good argument for being man of the match anyway because he was just yeah. everywhere. Um, like every single breakdown, I don't think he missed tackle. He's also seems to be quite important to the Irish defense from an organizational standpoint. Um, but yeah, I think Doris was just he's he's getting better every minute, every time he touches a ball, really, which is uh, yeah. uh, could be a problem now in the coming weeks because he'll be pulling on a blue jersey. But listen, that's that's we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Exactly. Um, I think half the uh, half the Irish team, to be honest, are are down in the blue jersey. Yeah, they they probably wear them underneath. I'd say, but yeah. underneath the green. But uh, but yeah, if I had to pick a third now, I'd probably say Tyke Farlang. To be honest, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah, 
I think Tyke Furlong. I think, yeah. well, like when you look at particularly, I'm not sure, I read a, a piece somewhere and it was talking about tight heads. Sorry, I'm just double checking. Yeah, Tyke Furlong is a tight head. Um, the front row is, is always a, a mystery to me, but no, Tyke yeah. Furlong is a tight head. Um, but a lot of times, on when you look at teams who win Heineken Cups or teams who win top 14s or premierships, um, oftentimes the highest player on the team is is the tight head because you can't really you can't put a price on what they bring to a team. Specialized um, position, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's by far one of the most difficult positions to play. And if you can play it consistently well for a long period of time, then like you can name your price really. But um, I think Tyke Furlong, from what he adds to attack, like his hands are incredible for a big guy. He can run hard. He can run strong. Like his tackling as well was was impeccable. Um, bar one brief miscommunication with Ronan Kelleher, which uh, resulted in Cody Taylor's try. But I mean, his performance is so good. Other than that, you can forgive it, you know. Um, yeah, immense. But what else? I I also think that if he was born in in New Zealand or if he was born in Wales or South Africa, he'd probably be starting for their national teams today. Oh. Um, well, I don't think that's definitely debate. yeah. Yeah, I think that yeah, absolutely. I think he's too. Yeah, he's probably yeah. the best tight end in the world. But yeah, um, but yeah, he he's my third. And I think he deserves it. Solid. Yeah, I won't. I, yeah, can't disagree with it. I think the first two kind of stand out maybe the most, um, and then everyone else kind of like even yeah. He, to be honest, you could argue one like Sexton was unbelievable. Uh, Keller really? was. I think so. I honestly do. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I thought every. I thought he just got the attack like. I just thought he was so sharp in the hits he took to yeah. keep getting up and just keep going at like because we all know his you know, his his injury history like it's literally arguably the most talked about thing in the Irish camp for the last two years. Yeah. Is he is he too brittle? Is he done? And I just thought I just thought he was absolutely immense. And I thought it's the little things for me. Like he's just such a leader. He's chirping at the referee every yeah. and I remember at, at one chance. stage Dan Cole was saying um, <laughs> was saying something. Uh, I can't repeat it here, but uh, he basically said that uh, Sexton talks too much in a um, yeah. yeah, in a more in a more uh, colorful way uh, than I yeah, can say. Yeah. Like, if anyone's I'm, curious, I'm, they can Google it. They can they can find it on can. Twitter easily enough, but uh, we won't say. Just <laughs> it's it's little things like that. It's just pure leadership to me, and he just embodies. Yeah. I don't know. He just embodies that, that. Like to me, he was. Like the first man I think of now that summed up that performance. Obviously, Kalen Doris stood out. Gibson Park, we just mentioned them, but I thought Sexton now was just a, a, just showed true leadership as well. And yeah, I don't know. I, I thought so. Why you you seem to disagree? Why? Yeah, no. Um, I I just said I I challenge you on it a little bit because and you're not on. the first person to 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 say this or you're not the first person I've had this this kind of this yeah. debate with. But when I was rewatching the game, like. And I, the first thing I thought of was our predictions because we were very nearly right, you know, um, or we were very nearly close enough to being right. Um, like when you look back at, at Arike Awane's disallowed try, mm-hmm. like if that went ahead and New Zealand went, I think was it two or three points up, yeah. um, they would have parked the bus and they would have, they would have. Yeah, oh, that was absolutely you. Know, you um forward pass like i think there's yeah but there you go that that's the beauty of a test match it was such fine lines that exactly yeah you could have won it but i just thought 
even when Ireland, even when that happened and it wasn't given, and then Barrett, you know, puts over three, I just thought, don't let the heads drop because, yeah, you know, New Zealand are very, very good at this. They'll find a way in somehow and they'll they'll figure it out. But it was just it's their it bread just, and butter, like man, it was full throttle from Ireland from start to finish, and it was just yeah, it was brilliant. But even like getting back to Sexton, um, like he went off. Sorry, these are my notes here from the from the when I rewatched it, but uh, yeah. he went off in the 64th minute. Ireland were three points up. Yep. Straight away, Carberry comes on. I'd say freezing cold. Um, kicks a penalty in front of the post to put Ireland six points up. Um, then you had Awane's disallowed try. Um, but I believe New Zealand did have advantage, so they did get to kick and get three points. Jordy Barrett put it between yep. the posts. Um, so now Ireland only have a three-point lead. They get a penalty on the halfway. Carberry has to kick. That is a must-make penalty for Carberry from the halfway line. Yeah. Um, which is not like he doesn't kick those kicks with Monster. It's that's no. that's a Ben Healy job, you know. Yeah. Um, but he gets it remarkably uh to put Ireland to put Ireland six points up. There were three points up after uh Barrett got his his kick. Now they're six points up. Um yeah. And then there was a tight burn turnover in front of the posts and Cabri slots that. Like that's a lot of pressure to put Cabri under under a guy who for a guy who hasn't had a lot of international game time. I think oh. from Sexton's point of view, like he went into the um I think the, he he had Ireland in general had 16 visits to the New Zealand 22 and they left empty-handed on 12 of those. The vast majority of them were in the first half when Sexton was on the pitch. And yeah. um, Sexton was going for the corner. Now that was probably Andy Farrell. Uh his direction saying, you know, for the first 40, 50 minutes, go for the po- or go for the corner, get your tries because you can you can outmuscle them. But I just thought that Sexton didn't give Carberry a lot to work with, and Carberry had to come out and and basically wrestle the game back from a scoreboard perspective, uh wow. back into Irish hands. So like Sexton was very poor off the tee, he didn't score a point until the I think it was the fifty-fourth yeah, yeah. minute. Like that, his, his, um, yeah, from the boot, you he know, wasn't as clinical as maybe you'd want him to be. I just, I don't know. I just talk ball in hand now. He was absolutely brilliant. But like, yeah, fair. I am, in, I am intrigued by the opinion. Like, it does interest me. Um, because that's maybe the beauty. I don't know. But everyone sees, everyone sees things so differently, and it's just, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, I suppose. Okay, so just to delve into this a bit. It was a bit more in depth. So the first half, James Lowe goes over in the corner. Brilliant start. Then, like you were talking about there, we didn't come away from their uh, 22 with too much too often. 10-5 halftime. What were your thoughts at halftime? Did you think uh, this could be one of those where we, we, yeah. we played so well, but we're going to fall short just just again? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, like five points, a five point lead against New Zealand is never much. It's no. you might as well be five points down. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, you that's that's really should yeah. be how you think of it. That's probably did was how they thought of it when yeah. when they were in the sheds at halftime. Um, but yeah, geez, you just don't know. Like, as I said, when I was at the game and you're you're in a big group of people and people start. Like when Oanis, o- Oane went over for his try before it was disallowed because they were yeah. looking at the team over ages. Uh, there was whispers of 2013, you know, that were starting to crop uh, up. Yeah. Um, oh, people were kind of starting to say, like, you, you were there in person. So I'll actually, I'll, I'll, 
I'll refer to you, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I remember at one stage. So obviously, I was just literally I was I was on the couch and I was I was looking at it so intensely. I was like, oh no. And I just saw the, the like you could literally hear. I know it's cliche, but it's so true. You could hear a pin drop in the Aviva. Yeah, yeah. Everyone just went boom. Dead silent. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. And I think everyone collectively was like, oh no, it's, it's happening this again. Like happen again. Yeah. We out, we outplay them, but they're so good that they just need one or two players break away, and they've done us again in our backyard. Yeah. And I think everyone when that when when it was written off and Jordy Barry put over the tree, we were like, okay, okay, we've got yeah. this. And yeah. it was just yeah again fine lines in a test match like this and it was just actually we've negated to mention this as a what a game despite ireland's performance that is the best test match i've seen in some time it probably is yeah i've heard a lot of a lot of people call it or dub it the 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 match of the year um but yeah like it's i mean for new zealand like new zealand probably didn't play their best i think that's a given Yep. As we, we talked about, you know, there was fatigue. Barrett went off. Um, who was playing 12? Was it Havili? Um, I can't oh. remember uh, who was playing 12 for the All Blacks. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I have rugby coming out my ears at this stage, but uh, no, 12 but went off. Um, yeah, uh, you know, it, it went very well for Ireland, but yeah, like those that nine points gap in the scoreboard only came in the last six, seven minutes. You know, oh yeah, like the yeah. All Blacks and a disallowed try. Like the All Blacks yeah. weren't a million miles away from us, um, from a, a performance standpoint. Um, but and I think I think Farrell knows that, and I think he he does see where there can be improvements. Like even Tyke Furlong's try, which was disallowed, just for from a clumsy double movement by Ronan Kelleher, like like that's absolutely avoidable. You know, um, yeah. and I feel like he will come down hard. And if anything, Paul O'Connell is going to chew his head off, but. <laughs> Uh, listen, I, I mean, there's no cameras in, in the training ground, uh, so his face will match his hair when uh, they go into the when they go into the dressing <laughs> He'd just be absolutely firing, like, but probably, yeah, after sure. month, like. um, but yeah. I'm just looking here, right? So, this is what gets me. This is, I think, this is madness for New Zealand side now. So, penalties conceded throughout the game, Ireland have nine, yeah, we can do better. New Zealand had it's, 10. It's not much. In fairness, the Japan game, there was way more. I think there was something like 16 or 18 or something ridiculous. That's so. just, to me, that is, that's lunacy. Like, um, mm. But like 10 for New Zealand is, I just thought it was, we we put so much pressure on them that they were just so out of character. Yeah, yeah. It was like, we did. what you just said there. So they didn't have their best game. We probably had as close to our best game as we could have had. Yeah, yeah. In, in many ways, yeah. You might get take many because I, I, I know that you're hesitant in agreeing. So, what, like, what do you, what? Oh. Actually, you know what? Be, be this guy. Be, be the critical, the critical thinker. What did you think we did wrong? Um, what do we think we did wrong? Um, like going for the corner. Do you think that was wrong in the, in the early stages? Like, because I actually personally, usually, if you come away with nothing, I'm kind of like, oh, that's a mental defeat. But so weirdly enough, on Saturday, I just thought. No, I I, I kind of like this. I, okay, yeah, we didn't come away with three points, but at the same time, we're we're showing New Zealand, you're in our backyard, and we're well up for this fight. That's what I thought. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's kind of, and I've been thinking about this as well myself. But like, there's two kind of ways of looking at it. You could say, like, you could go purely results based and say every time you go into the New Zealand twenty two. Uh, or the opposition 22 for that matter you have to leave with something you have to leave with three points you have to leave with a try 
you have to leave. Do you know, you need to get something out of out of marching up that that part of the pitch. Um, and a lot of teams do still think that way. Um, but then again, there's a lot to be said for just pounding away at a defense on their own try line. Not only is it exhausting, but it leaves them with very little options, but just like hold their ground and make the tackle. Do you know, it's yep. it's really hard to to shift momentum when you're in that position. Um, But then again, like, I mean, even thinking back to 2013, like there was times where Johnny went for, or whoever was, it mightn't have just been Johnny, but uh, he went for the corner. And, you know, if he had taken those points in hindsight, we might've won that game, you know? Yeah. Um, We'd be saying the same thing though, if we didn't win. So I get what you're saying. True. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. We'd be saying the same thing. Like if, if that, if, Rico Oani had passed uh, uh, backwards to his brother and he had scored, you know, we'd be giving out about Johnny Sexton and like, oh, why didn't he take his points and stuff? So, you know, hindsight's a great thing. But, um, but yeah, I think there was a lot of things they they could have cleaned up a little bit. I felt like the line-out could have been a bit better. There's a Mm -hmm. few overthrows. Um, I think Rob Herring, like, dummy the line-out throw, which you're, I think that was what it was for. Either that or it wasn't straight, but... um, like he was obviously spooked it's it must be so tough coming off the bench into a situation like that yeah but that's house the, it's against the, the number one team in the world like but that's, that's forgivable that's be like yeah it is yeah that's kind of as good as your career can get like but um you know just different things like that as i mentioned ronan kelleher kind of using his knees i don't know i don't know how you how you justify that one now but <laughs> Uh, you know, just small things like that. Like it's it's fine in yeah. a game like this where there's there's no trophy, there's no there's nothing really on the line. But when you go to a World Cup, if you were to lose that game, doing silly things like that in a World Cup, um, yeah, you know, you yeah. you have a couple of angry fans and yeah, angry coaches match, and stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah, um, and not to be um, not to be devil's advocate now, but like I've watched Ireland lose just as much as I've watched them win. You know, um, yeah, that's no, but I agree with you, and that like. Well, to an extent, and that's why. Well, this is why we do this. The breakdown, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, best podcast. <laughs> but uh, that's why we do this because if the two of us came on and we thought the same, what's yeah, the point in doing it? I mean, would it be, yeah. sports, so, no, I completely agree. Like your analysis are, are are spot on to a degree, and I do agree that yeah. Okay, so again, you can always raise your levels, and there were some mistakes that could easily have cost us. I just thought. The mentality, the positivity, that's 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 yeah. the word I'm looking for. The positivity to me was huge. And I yeah. I, I, I just appreciated it against the side like New Zealand. And I thought it was nice to see. Exactly, yeah. Um, so we have I have this here, so I'll just run through it really quickly. So meters gained four six three for Ireland, three two eight for New Zealand. I think, yeah, that's there's nothing really yes, shocking. I mean, about yeah, that. yeah, it explains itself, yeah. Harry's 82 for Ireland, 44 for New Zealand. Go to the pass. 3-2. And then pass. This is this is what literally is. This is crazy. 2-12 to 106 against New Zealand. Exactly double, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Like I just like is this that's really? remarkable yeah. now. Yeah, that is phenomenal. Oh, it's absolutely incredible. Like, I don't think, and again, we have to you have to nod your head. To Andy Farrell's work because when Joe Schmidt left, did anyone think, oh, mm, we're going to get it? was done. almost they were starting from scratch again, really. Absolutely. And Joe Schmidt yeah. had done some incredible work with Ireland, like, and 
I don't think anyone thought, here, look, we're going to get to that level again. Not only did we get to that level, I think we raised it. And I just yeah. didn't see it coming. I just think it's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and then, of course, turnovers, 13 for us, 12 for them. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was just, yeah, what, like, what I find interesting here, though, is I have it's a tackle success rate, so 67% for Ireland, 85% for the All Blacks. But I mean, the, if you look at the only, amount of tackles, though, that's what I'm about to say, it can only make yeah, sense from the pressure we had them under. No, no, you're spot on. Yeah. So yeah. it's just, yeah, I, I don't know. The whole thing just makes really, really, really enjoyable reading for me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like that was one of the first things I did after I think it was the morning after the game. I, I I looked up here in the IRFU website. You kind of have to do a bit of digging to get it, but uh, yeah. if you go to match stats, um, like tackles made, Ireland made 96 tackles, New Zealand made 224 tackles. That's like, and then when you look at the possession, like Ireland had 60% possession, New Zealand had 40, which is a big difference for a test match of this level. Huge. Um, territory, 65% in favour of Ireland and... 35% is what yeah. all New Zealand were left with, you know? Um, like that alone, like I wrote a piece uh, the week before the game saying that if Andy Farrell was to beat New Zealand, how would he go about doing it? Mm. And I cited Ireland's win over New Zealand in 2018 and England's win over New Zealand at the World Cup. And one of the most important things I cited, and I was only kind of guessing, but I kind of ended up being right, but uh, is that the best way to to kind of limit New Zealand is to starve them on possession and territory. Um, yeah. Now, I didn't come up with that myself. I, I'd read a lot of other guys talk about it and, and explain it before, but... Um, you can't use the ball if you don't have the ball, you know? Exactly, yeah. They, they can't score if they don't have the ball. Um, yeah. But I kind of thought that, you know, he might, even though his attacking style is much more kind of loose and incorporates a bit more risk, I still think that they would be stricter with possession, which is kind of a tough harmony to. It's kind of a tough middle ground to to yeah strike yeah, yeah. because you want to use the ball as well as you can, but on the flip side, you might end up losing the ball. You know, passes might might go to hand. You might knock it on. There's all these kind of risks that you take on, but yeah, um, the team just they they did it. You know, however narrow of a fraction it might have been to to achieve it you know they did it and the stats prove it yeah i just think it was uh ridiculous to be honest um actually just to go back to carberry because you made some good points about i suppose the the role he played and the composure he showed yeah is this a we've had this conversation so many times as, <laughs> as a monster, as a more monster, information there yeah as a monster fan i think everyone's had to but is this finally the is this where it starts is this the kickoff to his career to really take off because that to me that's 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 massive like th yeah. that was a massive saturday and i've been critical of him and i've always wanted him to succeed i mean you know what like mm. I, lo I love monster so i just hope now that this is that was the moment for him to be like oh no i belong here i have i have yeah. the ability to do this what do you think yeah um and now that you now that you mention it I, I kind of hope the common denominator of his form isn't Munster, you know? I yeah. hope he's not just That's unhappy. Kind of what I'm, asking, I'm kind of asking you. Know, I'm, I'm putting you in a really yeah. bad position. You are, you're kind of, yeah, you're kind of giving me the, the, the tough things to talk about. I, but uh, I want to hear what you say. But yeah, he like 
when he was with Leinster and I was delighted when he said he was coming to Monster. Oh, I was like a, a kid at Christmas. Um yeah. but he had this this almost vocation to play 10 because at Leinster he was doing nothing else but he was playing fullback when he could probably more fullback than 10 but he would play 10 he would come off the bench for Johnny or if Johnny was injured he'd start um like he played one quarter final I believe for Leinster at fullback started at fullback um Champions Cup quarter final which I believe they went on to win um, mm. against Wasps against a very good Wasp side and he got man of the match at fullback and when I saw that game I was like this guy's a fullback Do you know he should just retire the 10 jersey he's fullback is his position um, yeah. but then started playing more of 10 went to Munster to become a 10 um, and I just I still kind of wonder is there more strings to his bow than just to play 10 because he can play in the centre he can play fullback and still kick Um but yeah, gosh, I, you wonder. Like, I mean, he spends a few weeks in in Dublin, and then comes out. And yeah, the yeah, yeah. I was just about like, to say, as soon as he goes up the road, he's yeah. just a different, different kettle of fish altogether. Like, I wonder, is there something in the water? Um, yeah, you just, you just don't know. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit worried now that you, now that we're talking about it, now that we've brought it up. Uh, I'll only talk a little, but I just yeah, hope it's, I hope it's the kickstart or something. I hope that just boosts. His confidence really, I think, because it's too, it's twofold. I mean, everyone knows he has the ability. He's obviously, we yeah. saw like, I always reference this game, but his game against Gloucester away was it two yes. years ago? Yeah, years two ago? maybe three years ago now. But yeah, like that was that's Remember what well. he can do, and I think everyone yeah. knows what he can do. But I think the combination of injuries, uh, obviously moving, that like you know that that's to get into a new club, a new system, a new structure affects anyone. Yeah. But the, the injuries will play. On anyone's mind, and I mean, yeah, to not have a consistent run of games and to get going and to like for anyone to be like you're our guy, he struggled with that as well because we've, as we were discussing, I think we discussed it on our first week of the breakdown, was Ben Healy's getting a lot of opportunities as well, and that will play in your mind that you're kind of like, yeah, am, am I the guy? Um, do they do they think I'm the guy? Because first and foremost, as much as you can believe in yourself, you need the backing of your coaches. Yeah. And what I loved again is, I think Andy Farrell has done that for every single Irish player. Everybody has a role to play. Like, uh, okay, quickly, just to, to give an example. Tyg Byrne, ridiculously unlucky not to start. In my, in yeah. my So, how do you tell a fella who has just been absolutely amazing, performed brilliantly for the long, like all, all of his brilliant performances for the last year and a half, two years, and all of a sudden he's not in the squad. But you saw what he did mm. when he was there. And like his his everybody was just delighted after the game. And it shows that everyone has a role. Peter Romani again. I've yeah. never like you wouldn't see a four year old jump higher than he jumped yeah. after one whistle. Like yeah. and it just to me it's the chemistry in the camp. So the only thing I would look back to with Munster is is there trouble in terms of trusting the players that's affecting Carberry? That's that's where I kind of I'd love to get a few answers. In, in trusting the players, um, it's 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 definitely a factor. Yeah, um, I think from from what I get, the sense I get from Van Gran is that it's very competition based. Mm. Like nobody, no nobody's has has nailed a jersey anywhere. Do you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of tough because like if you're playing well 
it's it's completely form based, more or less, more so than than Farrell selects his Irish squad. But I mean, if you don't come up and you don't perform, like you, you're just not in the squad. They're not going to pick you based on merit or based on what you've done over the past yeah. few years. It has to be how you train over the past few weeks, and it's it's much more current than than that, the rest of your career. Yeah. Um, and I think Farrell, Van Grand was quoted saying that when he when he signs Simon Zebo because he said, you know, you need to come in and perform. We're not just signing you to for uh, you know a lovely couple of photos and maybe a few nice tries here and there. You know, you need to yeah. perform at the level we need you to perform at. And um, but as you said, like that might kind of spook Carberry a little bit because maybe what he needs is just a bit more trust and a bit more kind of. Well, that's the thing. It's more backing, you know? Man management. Maybe he's the character who needs an arm around the shoulder. You just don't. Yeah. There's so much Definitely. that goes on. And we can we can be guessing all day, but I just hope that that it was massive for him. And I hope, I, I would assume he will play majority of the game against Argentina and Carity will have a, I hope a so. cameo. Yeah. I hope um, so, so yeah. We'll, uh, we'll move on from that because we are on 40 minute mark. So we will have to shut up shop soon. Argentina. Thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> um, thoughts about Argentina. Like they ended, a, I think it was a five game losing streak against Italy at the weekend. They did. Um, what can you say about Argentina? Like they're very, I think they're kind of in a bit of a rut at the moment. I don't think the Argentina you see at the mo- at, uh, over the past five games is, is really reflects how good they can be. Um, yeah. I think probably last year, Last year they beat the All Blacks in Argentina, um, which is a absolute huge triumph. But I think the big, the big factor behind that was that the former Australia head coach Michael Checa, and he was with Leinster as well. I think he won Heineken yeah. Cup with Leinster, but um, he's now the attack coach for Argentina, and you see that completely transform how they play rugby. Um, like their defense is, is good, not great. Um, you know, there's like Italy did score against them. You know, there was they did. The, Italy were good at pushing their buttons and and finding gaps. But I think Argentina are just you do run the risk of them outscoring you really more than anything. Um, because yeah. they're always just so quick. Like you've a lot of guys that like Santiago Cordero, um, who's kind of probably kind of getting up there now. But um, like guys like that, if you give them any bit of space or any bit of any bit of room to run they'll just yeah. run and it'll, it'll be a great game I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching it um yeah. i hope farrell picks a kind of more it's a, a much different play. team than he did because there's a big squad there and you kind of yeah. seem to be seeing the same names but um i think it's time to give zebo a cap i think it's time to give uh kieran frawley a cap i think it's time to give i don't know who else i could probably keep going give as you said give tyke burn a, a starting cap yeah, maybe make him captain. You know, see what happens. <laughs> Give um, him a leadership role. But yeah, but I, know, no, I, I think try some stuff. I think it's vital we do that because yeah. we've stepped up now. We've had the New Zealand game. You can say we've laid down America in some sort, like whatever. But I was listening to um, who was it yesterday? I was listening to uh, Matt Williams. Oh yeah, and Matt Williams was saying, effectively, he was like, look it's it's there's there's two things at play when when a manager or a coach is picking his side for a test match like this so it's what you want to achieve in the present and what you want to achieve for the future and how they kind of come together which is more important to you at that time so obviously new zealand we're going to go 
all guns blazing to beat New Zealand, and it's going to be a strong yeah. start in 15. Everyone wants to beat New Zealand. It's without question. Yeah. However, he was saying in games like this you now against Argentina, and he's not overlooking Argentina by any means. I'm no. saying they're a good side, very... Joe, you can't overlook them. They will punish you. However, now is the time where we need to be giving a lot of minutes to some players who need them because he was saying you cannot go into a World Cup with any players with less than 20, 25 caps. Really? Because that's what he was saying, yeah? Because yeah. he was like, Andrew will drop too much if you're bringing in players. Like, for example, if you had Johnny Sexton on, I don't know, just make up a number, 180 caps, 200, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> And then you have someone coming in who's had like 10, 15. Yeah. That's yeah, not going to work. Gap, yeah. And he was saying, so you have to kind of breed in this new player and get them ready and get them, I suppose, match fit. So yeah, I think this Saturday is obviously it's not bigger, but it's as important in a lot of other ways. It is, yeah, definitely. Um, I think the, the main positives that will come out of the game won't be on the scoreboard, you know? Um, like you need to, you need to realize that, like at this, particularly at this stage, and I, I hate talking about like the rugby world cup in the same way as athletes talk about the Olympics, where the career almost becomes cyclical, and it almost becomes like, that's, you know, that's how many so four year that's, blocks that's, did you do? It's exactly what Matt Williams was saying. Yeah, like I, I don't like it. I, I, yeah, I try to avoid coming across like that, but it seems to be kind of the way the game's going, and. Like, as you said, you need to have a squad of players who know exactly what it's like to play for Ireland and they know exactly what it's like to come up against the big teams. Yeah. Um, and like, the only way to do that is to not care about the score for a couple of games when when you can, you know? Mm -hmm. um, like, I'm a little bit worried now for the summer uh, when they go down to New Zealand for a three-game test series and, like, you could have a few guys making their debuts in the absolute, in just in... That's exactly the point. So do you like oh, I don't know I don't have a word where, for it. But... Where does it come for Farrah? Because does ego come into play? Does he want to be the man to beat New Zealand in New Zealand and yeah. have them at home? Or does he realize that look, just keep it slightly competitive and as long as I can get my players up to up to speed with what we want from them, every single player in the squad, and we mm -hmm. lose, well then it's 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 risk and reward, really, isn't it? So yeah, you might risk taking a hiding in a test match, but if it gives players an experience that they can take forward to a World Cup or whatever, I'm kind of all for yeah. it. And I, I think, like, it's great winning a test match. It absolutely is, but you have to be realistic as well. And I think this is a mistake Ireland have made time and time again. We've yeah. been impeccable in test matches, comes to the World Cup, and we're just slumping. Yeah. And timing is absolutely everything. Like, It is. And, like... And I, I know there's there's more to rugby than just the World Cup. Um, and it's it's kind of sad in a way because Joe Schmidt did so much good for Ireland that the fact that we performed so poorly in the, the 2019 World Cup, it's kind of yeah. like, well, it kind of yeah. cancels out all the good stuff he did. But um, at least even I think, and this is a, this is just a, a made-up scenario, like, but even if we did lose to Argentina, but there was a, a wealth of positives, coming out of the game you know like what are people going to say they're just going to say like oh well, sure we beat new zealand the week before of course we're tired or of course we're yeah yeah you know we don't mind losing this game you know it wouldn't be the end of the world so you know yeah the, maybe you know, it's going to be asher look lads we, we had yeah, a good one there yeah. last week it's easy this week yeah 
yeah, this is almost like a seconds game, like, but yeah. um, or subs match, but yeah, no, I think like you don't want to take Argentina lightly either because they've knocked us out of enough World Cups to for us to remember them, but mm-hmm. um, but they they are in a bit of a slump, Do you know, they're not yeah really playing. I think there's a big kind of gap between the players, like some players are playing for some of the best teams in France and other team other players are playing like you know division two in France or they're playing yep. you know uh, yep. counties rugby in New Zealand or whatever I don't know Again, I don't know what the, the story is but no, but you're, you're spot on so it was like we were talking about five minutes ago it's, it's that there's like there's different levels to the squad so yeah. you have someone who has this experience these caps playing with a brilliant team and then you you kind of look yeah. further into the squad and then the, it just it dips and you kind of yeah. need a broader like consistency within mm-hmm. a squad to be to be effective and to be I suppose dangerous which they can be but we should be we should be beating them so we have reached a 50 minutes nearly so I'm gonna ask you quickly and I think we have to be a lot more positive this time than we were yeah. last week because uh, we got proved wrong so Argentina thoughts and score um thoughts would be I hope Andy Farrell picks picks is just just has fun with the team selection. I think it should be about you know entertaining the people who are nice enough to put their hand in their pocket and buy a ticket. You know, um, throw furlong in center. Like. Yeah, put furlong. Yeah, make it <laughs> make it like Why a school game where you have your your hooker at scrum half or something. But uh, yeah, maybe not that crazy. But uh, but yeah, I think from a score standpoint. Considering we've been wrong the past, spectacularly wrong the past uh, two games, um, I would say that it's going to be Ireland by 20. Ooh, that's handsome. Yeah. Right, so you heard it here first. Ben Geary said Ireland by 20, so yeah. if you're putting on any bets, obviously Argentina to win by maybe 5, 10. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm not fair off you. Um if it's different, t- yeah. So I, this is the thing. So I think it's going to be very, very different sides. So I'm going to go. I'll go. I'll go. Ah, I'm so afraid now after calling somebody. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Ireland by. I'm going to go Ireland by ten. Okay. I don't. I don't think it's going to be here. We are again negative Nancy again. But like, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see the team, and I don't think it'll be as important a game. No, um, so no. I think it might take the foot off the gas a bit and give fellas a rest. So yeah, I'm gonna go. I'll go Ireland by ten anyway. So that's me. Cool. I I hope I hope we're both yeah. right somehow, but somewhere in the so, middle anyway. But so do I. Um. But yeah. Um. Pleasure as always, my man Ben. And uh, yeah, likewise. What a win! What a win! So hopefully, <laughs> um, hopefully we make it three from three. Uh, Ireland play Argentina in the Automation Series this Saturday. So. We will be tuning into that. And next week, we will be reviewing that and everything else Irish and Monster Rugby related. Until then, folks, thank you so much for tuning into the breakdown. It's been a pleasure as always. And Ben, we will be back here next week on Sport and Limerick. Thank you, folks. See you.